The next train to Tangent City departs in one minute. This is an unlimited service that may stop at reviews, spoilers, and swearing. Passengers traveling with young or conservative travel companions are reminded to read the show description before embarking on any journey to Tangent City. <laughs> <laughs> so why is there a rainbow dildo just sitting oh, on the pavement? That's wow. weird. Helen Badeau, obviously, yeah. is in town. She dropped it. Oh, her. No. Oh, yeah, her. Get with the program. Get with the program, ladies. Get with the program. It's even, occasionally, randomly, we'll see that. Just a random sex toy. Like something really? not supposed to be. I don't know that that's ever happened to me. Really? I don't think I've randomly ever seen a sex toy. There was like a, a couple of Christmases ago uh, up um, where the on-ramp is to get onto the Row Highway. For some reason, there was one of those uh, fake vaginas, like the flashlight <laughs> kind of thing. But it was just the, just the like it wasn't in the, the case. How could you tell driving on Row Highway that it was a fake vagina? Did, yeah, it, did it, you slow? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was on the. Like, I know exactly what they look no, like. It was. <laughs> it was I at, know a fake vagina from a real one, right? When when it was, a, it was the on ramp to get onto the Row Highway. Right. Okay. And so, so you were stopped. You stopped at the lights. Yeah. You stopped at the lights. You just sitting there, just going la 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 la. Oh, fake vagina. How much does it look like a fake? How how can you tell? How can you tell that it looks like a fake vagina? That it just, it does it look because like. Because it wasn't a real one, clearly. <laughs> I know, but does it look like a, a fake real one? Yes. Okay. Do you think Kesha does has it look one? like a fake real one? I, I bet Kesha has she one. She does have one. Yeah. Um, I just remember the scene, well, two scenes from uh, Good Boys. One where the <laughs> sex doll flies out of the window and the one where they're, they're kissing it and he's like, ooh, a hair. <laughs> Because that movie was just so wrong. I felt so stupid because they're like, oh, my mum and dad have got like a CPR, uh, doll. a CPR doll and they get it out. And my first thought was like, that CPR doll has really big boobs for a CPR doll because I didn't realise it was a sex doll. <laughs> and then all the, and there's like, oh, I've got nunchucks and stuff and all these other sex toys are coming out. Sorry. Oh, God. That's Ooh. just, what are you doing? Showing us a picture of a fake vagina. <laughs> I feel like that's sexual harassment somehow. <laughs> um, not based on the conversations we've no. had in the past. I think he knows I'm okay. <laughs> and plus, I'm not with a union, the podcasters' union. Uh, There's probably one of those out there. Probably is now. There's enough uh, podcasts. Everyone's got a podcast. They come under um, the media, Mia. Oh, oh, she's already looked into it. (laughs) Have you been sexually harassing your wife? No, I work in the freaking industry. Oh, yeah, of course. I am a union member. I'm proud. And if you guys aren't in the union, you're tit. It's okay. I know someone who is like on the MEEA board. So if for some reason something happens... They'll tell you, fuck off, you're a scab. I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll off, take care of I just remember there was yeah, no... like, there's no point going to a union when you've already got a problem. The idea That's is true. to join. It's like insurance for your job. Yeah, yeah. true, true. The, and this, this, brought, uh, this brought to you by... <laughs> That's all right. Say. I talk no. about my job all the time. Nah, it's like, it's it's a thing. No, no, no. Kat's quite right. Join, join your union because they gave us, like, a lot of the stuff that we enjoy today, like, you know, uh, long service leave, annual leave. Eight-hour working Eight-hour day. working days. All that Weekends, stuff. Weekends. Yeah, penalty rates. Kids not having to work. Yeah. Yeah. All that kids stuff. not having to work is a pretty important one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very lucky. Very lucky. Anyway, uh, back well, to Bryce sex. Bryce is lucky. Yeah, back to sex we're toys. Not, we're, we're adults. <laughs> we have to work. <clears throat> yes. Back to sex. No, let's not go back to no, sex no, no. toys. There was one no, more, let's. There was, oh. one, there was one more, there was one more uh, thing I remember where I saw. It was at Christmas again. Uh, there was a God, the Christmas time. Story time. You know why everyone's had work Christmas parties and they're just like, they get those $20 gifts, you know, the secret Santas, and they're like, another a- fake vagina, and they throw it out the window. What if you can get a $20 fake vagina? I don't, I, I don't think you'd want to have a $20 fake vagina, really. Um, Second hand. Yeah. <laughs> Gum tree. <laughs> Sorry, I think of Gumtree and I'm just like some gummy old dude. One of the, the neighbours here had a, a a Santa that was like, they had this tree that was on a weird angle, so they put a Santa on top of it. And you're like going, that's a weird looking Santa. And oh, I forgot 
Yeah, and you, you didn't like you. You drive past it for for a few weeks, and then eventually the wind had actually blown the the costume open a little bit. And you realise that's not a Santa. That's a sex doll that's been uh, like put in a Santa costume because it blew sex over. Doll and, Santa. And the plastic boob was hanging out. <laughs> Terrible. Why did we not take photos of these things? I don't know. I, I had don't this. Know. I, I had this thought that maybe someone. <laughs> <laughs> you broke her. You just broke got her. inside her shirt and just like totally turtling it back into the shell. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you guys seen Inside Number Nine? It's an anthology series. No, no. There's one episode. It's completely silent, and they go into this house to rob it, and the the people are actually there. So. They've got to navigate quite silently around. Anyway, one of the um, burglars finds himself upstairs under the bed and he quickly goes under and he lands on top of a sex doll and he's he's leaning on it and the air is coming out of one of the, um, the you know, the, the sections. Yeah, so he's like, oh, I've got to block that. So he sticks his finger in one end and then it starts coming out the other end. So he's got to like put two fingers in and then it's got like, yeah, it's so... <laughs> Funny. What was that show called again? It's called Inside Number Nine. <laughs> I feel number like nine. it's my turn. <laughs> Isn't there a terminology for that? Two and a pink in one of the I think actually, no, I think only learnt last night. I think it was actually a male one, and he put it in it. Oh no! If it was a thing that you guys were doing, now I don't want to know. No. No. You know the rock out thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, isn't that some sex move, the rock out thing? (laughs) And then Chris had to inform me that know what I was talking about. Why do you guys know all of this stuff? That it's not one finger in each, it's two in one and one in the other one. Isn't it called a shocker or something like that? And then I had to ask which two fingers are where and then... Like, I just, I don't know stuff. They actually... <laughs> and guys seem to know everything. Like, on, the terminology chode. spent a lot of time on the internet. I only just learned what a chode was. <laughs> so gross. Okay, I'm going to ask you. I need to know. Lewis, do you know, Lewis, do you know what a chode is? I have no idea. No, don't look it up, please. No, don't, don't, don't look, look it up. It up. Please don't look the, it up. But do you know the, that... that um, <laughs> That shock that, that is called the shocker, apparently. The, the like pulling down the middle finger, so you have got one finger and then the two fingers, uh, and it's like um, Steve Tyler, I think, did it on uh, like the, in the Disneyland parks. They've got a rock and roller coaster mm. with uh, Aerosmith, and Steve Tyler actually did the, the the shocker, and they had to edit it out when they figured out what it actually was. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and then if people go on the ride. And anyone actually does that symbol, like with with a ride photo, like that. Yeah. Then uh, you will never get your photograph. They'll oh. just, they'll just like, yeah. Very good. Oh, good plan. Oh, excellent. Oh my god, you're like the so organized one. I'm always the organized one. Um, Remember, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> That's so true. So onward and upward, I think, dear children. Oh yeah, let's move away from disgusting manners to tangents to share. Oh my god, this and is a record. Seven and a half I know, minutes in. Getting you guys organized. Well, you went and got spoiler bells, so I thought, I did. all right, let's get on with the show. Um, so we're doing a bit of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Um, we recorded a couple of episodes which you'll hear later, and then we thought, oh yeah, no, this one's gonna need an episode all of itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so today we have the wonderful Cecilia. We have the excellent Rachel. I'm waving. We have the token man, Lewis. <laughs> we get to Lady Spleen too. <laughs> oh, you love it. Yeah. Just speak into the microphone, not over the top of it. Oh, sorry. Spleen. He's mansplaining yeah. how to talk into a microphone. I love you. how he uses like hand actions as well because yeah. like, I need them. Um, I'm a very visual person. So, Hang on. Who are you? I'm Catherine. Did we mention that? Sometimes I'm Cat. Because it's much easier to say. Mm. Who knows? Okay. Um, but I, I believe that we're going to need to ring the spoiler bell in a minute. We are. We are. But should we just say um, we are recording this one day before our one-year anniversary. Happy anniversary, kids. Can you believe? Like, did you guys get me some paper or something? <laughs> Isn't paper the first anniversary? I don't oh, know. No I idea. never did any of that shit. But, um, Got some champagne. <laughs> champagne it is. Yeah, but it's oh, not much of cheers, a celebration cheers. because we always have alcohol. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, it's not really a celebration, is it? 
Oh, um, it's not the the clink is not the same as the the China the crystal. Oh, clink you gotta do crystal. We'll get the crystal out next it's time, darling. Maybe it's so two years. Good. We'll two get years. the crystal out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So happy birthday to us. I know it's pretty incredible. Um, like it's been a freaking blast doing this particular oh, yeah. podcast. I must say, there's like every time we get together, it's just like it's the best and it's funny we started out with this idea of talking about something pop culture related and we were okay to go on a tangent but we didn't realize how much of a tangent we would end up going on uh, each and every episode Mm -hmm. so and we just want to thank you all for joining us on this journey sean and my (laughs) husband Anna and and Tim's listening. <clears throat> Tim's yep. listening. That's right. Hello. And you're at a really good suggestion soon, as well. Dear. It's just you know we. There's an, a movie we've got that a bit I'm sidetracked. Pretty sure Nick Branch is a listener as well. Like uh, you know our friend from the uh, the Englands. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And 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 the wonderful Michelle. Yes. Michelle tends to tune in. So um, there is a movie that I want to watch before we do Tim's episode. Mm. So and that's okay. call you by your name. Call okay. me. Oh, call me by actually, your that's name. a good one. Yeah. I might watch that too. There's another one that had Alan Cummings in that I've seen, and I can't remember what it's called. I need but, to see my private Idaho um, actually as well. Well, that's a good one. Well, tonight's I think the movie we're going to discuss tonight is actually within Tim's realm of um, of theme. Uh, oh yes, yes. that's well, very yeah, true. That's, that's, Should we do this wonderful little? So. Before you I ring me, the spoiler bell, I just want to give a bit of background. Yes. So um, Cecilia came up with this awesome idea of talking about um, movies that are having anniversaries coming up. And so that's what you can listen to down the track. But now you're stuck listening to us talking about this stuff. So as part of that, she brings up this list and we're like, oh, my goodness, we feel so old. But the thing that we were most surprised about is that The Wizard of Oz is celebrating its 60th. 80th. And, uh, sorry, 80th anniversary. 60th, I just. No, isn't it 60? 80. No, 80th. 80th. 1939. Oh, Sorry. 1939, dude. So long ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you not? I'm trying to like bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it into sorry. the series a little bit. I know. Bit. It and is a, we'll it's you, a somber movie. It's a somber movie. So it we really... need to stop talking about fake vaginas. <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. Uh, Do you reckon Cash has got stop. one? <laughs> She's got a real one. What she has got oh, is a fake dick. <laughs> Come on, look, look, go, 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 Okay, back, so, all back, right. Back, so, back. 80 years old. Incredible. It's the Wizard of Oz. And Crazy. so, it's just nuts because it holds up so well um, until you see the movie that's also out this year, Judy. Yeah. And it broke my heart, man. Like, I knew that she had um, addiction problems, you know, with alcohol and drugs um but maybe I'm gonna be maybe uh, yeah okay yeah you both raise a very good point ring that bell you do it so much better than i do <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> <over> the rainbow. <laughs> wow that's very good and for, for those of you who don't know that, that, ring <laughs> a bell. that is the spoiler bell so we are going to spoil the heck out of uh judy uh because uh that's what we do. We need to come here and talk about this film in depth. Yeah, but yeah. I, I really don't feel like it's a spoiler. I well, know. That's how I felt about it I as well. I just feel so. like everyone knew this about Judy Garland. I yeah, because know. your mum, so. like, she just like hard dropped the cold, hard facts of life, man. No, maybe. All right, I'll step back then. No, I no, knew no, no, some no, of it like, as well, but I feel like th- there's some movies that you need to completely deconstruct. Yeah. And this felt like a movie, because I went to work the next day. A few people knew that I had gone to see this film, mm-hmm. and I tried to explain my feelings about it and I couldn't organize my thoughts and I'm like oh thank I'm glad you guys are talking to me about this because I need Mm. to organize my thoughts about how I feel because I can't work out whether I liked it or didn't like it or whether I didn't like it because I felt so heartbroken watching it or whether I like I don't I don't know how I feel about this film Mm. apart from the fact that parts of it were just so upsetting to watch and you know, I just wanted to pick her up in my arms and give her a hug. And, you know, there's... But no oh. one does. Mm. Oh, and it's so upsetting. It's no so upsetting. Does. And she kind of... Oh, anyway, so... Anyone want to, like, you know, pick up on where Judy picks up? Okay, so the this is a film that stars Renee Zellweger in an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. Like... You just you do not personally. I think you do not see Renee Zellweger on the on screen. You see Judy Garland on screen, which is an just 
just amazing because I never, I would never have thought that of Renee Zellweger that she would have that amount of range to be able to, you know, be a character actress. Because you know, you look at you know Bridget Jones's Diaries and all the other films that she'd been in, it's always been her. But this is it was was something else. It was it was phenomenal. Like she felt, I felt like she was channeling Judy mm. Garland. Mm-hmm. But this film is a tale of two time periods in her life. <clears throat> it's the time when she was, you know, first becoming uh, like a well-known actress uh, the time when they were filming The Wizard of Oz uh, in nine, must have been like 1937, 38 around that time period. I'm guessing so, yeah. Um, and then it was at the end of her life where everything had, had basically crumbled and she was, you know, broke and was just trying to get by and um she was homeless even yeah, yeah. and amid a custody battle mm-hmm. it was well. just it's just so sad mm. so um but a very important story at the same time to to hear so what boggles the mind right is she looked quite old like i'm not saying in the movie but in real life she looked quite old and when she died she was 47 Mm -hmm. so the thought of that is like that's you're only like four or five years away from that right yeah that's insane and because the way she treated her body um all of those years she did look so much older than Mm. 47 and she was so skinny Mm. there's so the stuff that they show in that film where she's in London performing, because that's, I mean, she eventually she has to go to lunch, she has to earn money mm-hmm. so that she can come home and have her kids back basically and have a home for them. So she has to leave and, you know, people are paying lots of money to see her in these London concerts and she's turning up drunk and late and miserable and she's so skinny and then I watched some footage and some photographs of that those performances and she was she was really skinny and there's a scene in there where she's contemplating eating a piece of cake mm. and the pain that she shows just considering consuming something and then she eats it and then I think oh geez she wasn't she was just hungry all that time that's why she was so sad I think that the cake thing is interesting <clears throat> because if you look back on um I can't remember which film it was when she was Judy Garland is 16 yeah yeah so she wasn't actually allowed to eat the cake on set at her own birthday mm. so mm. to bring um that in is quite a clever tie and I think um it's interesting though but she also suffered from scoliosis which is why she did have oh. um quite an interesting Look, and they actually made Renee Zellweger's, um, sorry, I didn't say her name properly, but uh, her costumes in a slightly um, deformed way so that she she couldn't literally stand up straight. Right. Yeah. Because I really felt like she was standing. I didn't know that she had scoliosis. I I thought that that was like an older thing and that's why I was genuinely surprised that she she died at such a young age. Mm. Like, I knew that she died young, but I didn't realize it. I, I thought for some reason that she was in her 60s. I, like, I thought she was at least in her yeah, 50s. But mm. going, going off the look in the film, you would have thought that she was a, a woman in her 60s because mm-hmm. she was she was dating a guy who was, you know, younger than her. But, like, the guy was only in his, like, you know, 20s, 30s, and she was, you know, in her 40s. That was mm-hmm. t- there's a tw- there was a 12-year difference. A 12 so he was 34. Five, yeah. I guess. So right. there, was, there was like, but, but he looked heaps young. Yeah, but mm. if you looked at it, it looked like you know, he was in his twenties and she was in her sixties. Mm. Yeah, like she just looks so old. It actually talking about the Renee Zellweger thing. The only time I thought she looked like Renee Zellweger was that cake scene when she ate the cake mm. and she looked happy mm. because that's generally like you know Renee Zellweger mm. is usually you know in her films even in Bridget Jones. Sorry, like she's happy generally speaking. Whereas in this, she's always sad like there was no happiness in her life when i was watching this film when she was performing yeah yeah i bought myself back to a star is born Mm. and how that film sort of reflects the opposite version of what was going on in her own life Mm. you know because in a star is born she's married to this drunkard and then she's there's that really heartbreaking scene where she's in um a changing room and she's talking to somebody this is in a star is born and she's got all the makeup on and she's crying and she's like you don't know what it's like to live with this and and you know you feel like she's talking about herself and she was and then yeah so when I'm watching the film 
that we just saw, Judy, it keeps bringing me back to times in her life and just it just made me so sad. Mm. Nobody ultimately looked <clears throat> after her. Like no. people were around her, but people, no one actually took care of her. And Did she, she had a good relationship with her uh, Liza Minnelli, though, her, her older daughter. I yeah, think Liza was, had sort of moved on with her life. Right. And I think once she got to that stage, and her she career knew, was developing. Yeah. And she, I think she knew her mum had issues and mm. ju- she just wasn't mature enough or like right. she. I don't know whether she'd gotten to an age well, where she was Judy sort of Garland, so she wouldn't have been given the equipment to deal with. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Much that's no, true. but the, the, it was interesting though that because she did have a lot of debts at the time. She like had half a million dollars. In she debt. owed heaps to the IRA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, IRA uh, or IRS? IRS. 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 Yeah, that's Internal the one. Revenue IRS. Service. IRS. Not the not Irish. The, not the Irish. Not the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> Republican. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, so she uh, owed that money, and apparently it was uh, Liza Minnelli and also Frank Sinatra. Yeah, who paid, paid some debt. of it yeah. off. Mm, and also, there was somebody else. There was somebody else as well. I, I, it was interesting to see her relationship with Sydney Luft in this film because that was her. She had four husbands in the end. Oh, she had five in the end because she married that dickhead Michael who was clearly after mm. just to use her and abuse her and I just got so angry with him and I got angry with her as well. Like, he is not going to take care of you either. You're falling into these same patterns of being with people who are not caring for you. But I think Sydney Luft actually was quite a good guy. They were together for 12 years. This is the... Um, father of her mm, mm. two um, younger children, Lorna and um, Joey. And you could see there was still that familiarity where they, they probably broke up because things were dysfunctional, but he seemed like he was still trying to take care of her. And and I know it looked like he wasn't because he was trying to take the children away, but he was doing it for the right reasons. Mm. And oh, no, I think he was trying to look <clears throat> after them. I don't think that he was trying to care for her at all. Really? Well, there was that. Well, I don't know how true it is in real life, but in the film, there was the scene where he had his hand on her hand um, in the restaurant. I don't know how I think true there was that a degree is. Of empathy for her. Yeah. But I don't think he ever cared for her because wouldn't he have sought to get her the help that she needed? I think it just was. I think at a time where that sort of thing wasn't talked about and maybe it was quite uncomfortable. Maybe we didn't Hollywood. see. Well, like, he... Surely they had like rehab and stuff like yeah. that. I think she did go to rehab well, he... a few times. I mean, there's obviously the book My Life with Judy Garland. I've not read it, but he wrote that. So right. I think oh, that okay. would be very interesting to read that Because I know uh, as well. To I see. know Lorna wrote a book as well. Yeah. Oh, I, see. I wasn't sure about that. I knew that Sid had written a book called Living, in a, Sh- Living in a Shadow or something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So I feel like there's a lot of literature out there. Perhaps mm. it would be interesting to read them and see what kind of compares and what doesn't. There's, um, and I mean, this is sort of a spoiler and we have hit the bell because he is trying to take the kids back, but I think it's definitely for their own good. Yeah. And there's that scene where she's like, I don't believe you. He's saying that they want to stay with him. And she's like, I don't believe you. You're making all this up. And then she calls Lorna and she gives her the permission to say, it's okay if you want to stay there, which is a really big thing. And quite, she, that's a quite an adult thing to do to understand that I'm not in the, I am not the best mother for them right now. Mm. And my daughter is too young to take, to be given the like responsibility of my happiness. Mm. So I'm going to tell her, give her permission to say it's okay if you want to it's okay to say that you want to stay with dad it's okay and that must have broken her heart Mm. do you think that she knew that she was she was running out of time after seeing that doctor and him talking about like you know her liver was obviously at the stage where it was not failing but it was under a lot of duress he mentioned hepatitis oh okay see i didn't know what I didn't realize that had something to do with the liver. Okay, at all. so hepatitis is disease of the liver, liver. and so right. you have hepatitis, which is um, viral, and you have hepatitis, which is caused, I think, by. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to get into the medical cirrhosis, side of things. Uh, is cirrhosis the the alcohol yeah. in liver, liver yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. So. Kind of destroys the liver, but um, so he talks about the hepatitis and the malnutrition. And she's so tired and I mm. just wonder whether 
Um, she mentions because he says, "Oh, any um, any surgeries?" And she said, "Tracheotomy." Oh, um, I, I, yeah. I read about. I tried to was. commit suicide, and so um, she. So tracheotomy, I'm assuming, means that she needed breathing assistance. Um, because it's not tracheotomy, isn't just intubation. Being, no, yeah, no, well, intubation. Yeah. Tracheotomy it's is where you have yeah. to. Did she use glass to cut? Well, they say she sla- in the in the tabloids. It said that she slashed her throat oh. with um, with a razor blade, but that was inaccurate. It was just a small grazed with some broken glass. I think oh. it was more of an attention seeking mm. thing. Um, I, that sounds really bad, but even a an attention seeking like attempt is a cry for yeah. help. Yeah, I mean, the media blew it up out of proportion because they said <clears throat> that she had slashed her throat mm. with a razor blade, whereas Sid, I think in his account, said it was a graze with um, some broken glass. glass. But it must but have been serious enough if she needed a tracheotomy. Yeah, so did yeah. she just say tracheotomy to cover that up? Perhaps, because no. I wonder how I the wonder. tracheotomy plays into that, though. Mm. Do you know the thing I find really? I didn't think her voice sounded that bad. I listened to the live version mm. of her singing um, "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" from those London concerts, and I, yes, her voice was not as amazing as it used to be. But she's also forty-seven, um, heavy smoker, heavy smoker, yeah. lots of drugs and alcohol, and I, I still think she sounded good. Mm. How how that is possible? I don't know. It always blows me away when I see singers smoking. Mm. It's like you know, you'd think it'd be so Adele more... smoke is a smoke. I yeah. don't think she smokes anymore, but I think she was a smoker you, for a long time. Amy Winehouse. I mean, that girl's got the sexiest voice yeah. going, you and or had so the sexiest more, voice going. Yeah. You think it'd be more protective of your voice if that was your job? A lot you of people used so. to smoke back in the day, and there oh, was yeah. a lot of great singers back in the day. So I don't know. Well, look at um uh, the who's the Argentinian revolution. Oh my goodness! Names um, Shea Guevara. Uh, he was recommended to smoke for his asthma. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Which is interesting. Uh, well, yeah. What? They used to advertise it as like. Is that because of the breathing in and out component? <laughs> I'm not really sure. Because they probably say just like sure didn't help my asthma. By tobacco uh. companies and those. Hey Rachel. Hey yeah. Are you enjoying the podcast? Always. That's great. Heaps funny. Do you know who else is here? Cecilia. Hey, Cecilia. Hi, guys. I'm really enjoying it. Where can we find more of this? TheGentlemanOfPopCulture.com or Facebook and Instagram. That's awesome. And what can we find there, Lou? What you're going to find on there is Wozcast, the Whiskey Appreciation Society podcast. You will also find Diz Down Under, which is the Disney podcast or the Disney Appreciation podcast. You will also find Unscripted, the film show, which is the weekly film review show where Cecilia, Rachel and myself talk about the films that are coming out and if they're good or bad or whether you should spend your money on them. How's that? <laughs> it's great. You're forgetting Tangent City. Oh, of course, yeah, Tangent City. What you to do right now? Where we go off on tangents and we have one little like uh, topic and we go all over the place. So it's fantastic. There's lots to listen to. Yeah, you can find us on all of your podcast networks. Yes. Just look for us. Please like, rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. Well done. In harmony. <laughs> they, they actually had doctors prescribing people yeah. to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. In fact, Judy Garland, like they said, like your your diet mm. is like you know nothing and. And cigarettes and coffee and, and I wondered what she ate because there was no scene in that film until right at the end where she ate food. Mm. Yeah, food. No, not was true. A... She took that bite of hamburger. Yeah, as oh. her little rebellion where she was having yeah. that date. Yeah, Did you... yeah with Mickey. Rooney. Food was a big thing for her. Her mother, um, in again in the um Sid autobiography, there was times where she would not eat at all. For, to lose how weight did, for roles. How did she survive? Um, and her mum obviously introduced her to uppers and downers because, mm-hmm. you know, A, to keep her awake and then to put her to sleep and then the, the cycle just... Can you imagine you the know? insomnia? Because that's what she suffered from. She could mm. never sleep. Yeah. And when that dude knocks on the door and she was asleep, I felt awful. Oh, like I was like, my like, poor baby sleep. darling has oh. just fallen asleep. Mm. I her. I just felt so mm. bad for her the whole time that even the littlest thing that happened to her, her I just got so upset mm. for her. The exploitation was something that mm. I that made me so angry. So I don't understand how. So they wanted her to work, and so they gave her these tablets, and also 
I'm assuming it was like but something speed based. I was going like, to say it's basically sort of the edge off. Barbiturates, which is Valium, right. lots of Valium, and yeah, that was to put her to sleep. That, but I'm pretty sure they were. She was on something. On, that obviously, was a something diet to keep pill. her awake. Yeah. It was as basically well. speed. Well, they used to tell her that she looked fat. Mm. as well i've looked at pictures she doesn't yeah i know but they used to say like they used to tell her she i mean she had a pink face yeah at at the time of her death she i mean she was only four foot eleven too Uh and she was maybe 30 something kilos oh my god you know she was absolutely tiny at time of death that's insane but that Mm. kind of i i don't i can't fathom so was that her mum that was giving her the time i don't know that it was i think it was someone who worked for the studio because she said that's not my job but yeah that's what i always felt see i had read somewhere it was her mum that started her oh really because her mum was a huge vaudevillian and she wanted her daughters to be sick but i could be wrong no no i I think you're right i think it started with the mother and it continued on at the studios Mm. because that's what they wanted yeah and obviously they had the the mum's permission so to do that. So they're stopping her from eating, just saying, you know, they're having that date moment with um, Mickey um, Rooney. Rooney, yep. And no, 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 you can't eat anything. I think she snuck a couple of fries and she's like, oh, my God, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Mm. And you, you never saw so much joy in her face when she actually got to eat something. That just is so upsetting. Yeah. But Mickey Rooney was allowed to have a bite of his burger. Yeah. yeah. Boys well, yeah. can eat, but they'll just burn off the energy. And she wasn't allowed to eat the cake at the. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. But the, it's interesting though because you look at it because this is back in the heyday of the studio system, mm-hmm. right? Where the actors were contracted to particular studios, and they were basically slaves of those studios. They didn't mm-hmm. get paid like the actors and stuff do today and also they weren't really in control of their careers as much because mm. another uh, film you can parallel this with is the Stan and Ollie film that came out early in the year mm. um, and you look at that like you know these guys who now we, we like think about you know Stan and Ollie and think wow these guys had everything but they didn't because right. they were contracted to the studio to work and you know it was like a job like a day job like yeah, you know, that that and it, but worse, you know, the yeah. way that they were treated. Studio takes most of it, really. Yeah. And yeah. I, I also made me think of Singing in the Rain, which I know is a very happy go lucky film, but they touch on that um in that film as well where uh there's the question of are these two real dating or are they just, you know, two actors? Because mm. that's what they used to do, you know, uh, and that's the you know when Judy in this film, the young Judy says to him, I don't know, Am I suppo- are we dating? Because I need to know how I'm supposed to be looking at you. Mm. Yeah, like it's actually a role that she's playing mm. rather yeah. than... Yeah. And then they pull out and it's not even a real diner. No. No. It's like and that's a the, set. And then you go to that 16th birthday. Yeah. Where she's like, oh, my birthday's not for another two months. But they were filming it for promo stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which is yeah. disgusting. The exploitation was just off the charts. And then she sits there and she says, well... I'm supposed to get an hour for lunch. And they're like, oh, nobody really takes that break. It's so wrong. And she was working like 13-hour mm. days and stuff like 18 that. 18-hour days. 18 hours, 18 yeah, days. it was incredible. It was, it was and, and by the way, when I said Stan Ollie before, it was also you know, Laurel and Hardy, just in case anyone yeah. didn't quite get that. <laughs> but it's um, – what were adults doing? That They didn't care. I mean, Which but, makes me so angry, and but, I know there would be a bunch of adults who did care, yeah. and their children the, didn't end up there. Any girl would kill for this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. But just, but oh. you just think about it, like um, you know, the whole thing about kids being kids and going to school and doing all that kind of stuff is fairly is a fairly modern concept. Mm. And she was on the the end of like you know Childhood. child, yeah, because child labor was was a thing. Like, you know, in, in the developed world, it was a thing until roughly around this kind of point. So this is just another example of, of child labor, just in a more glitzy kind of way. Yeah, it it pretends to be glitzy, but un, it's gritty as. Mm. And it hurts yeah. that, like, I've adored this movie for so many years of my life and she had to go through such horror i know that they taped her breasts down um yeah, because she was supposed to full appearance she was supposed to only be 13 or something in the movie and she was 16 and um yeah so i did know a lot of this stuff when i began watching the mm. i don't know when i found out the stuff about judy garland but i feel like i've, I've known it for a while but probably not as a child like oh, cecilia I, it's interesting because i what my, my parents let me watch 
Wizard of Oz because it's one of my mum's favourite films. Mm-hmm. So we were able to watch it. And then my mum – and I said to my mum, I love this film so much. And I said, I would really like to be an actor one day and to do all that. And then my mum said, well, you know what, Judy Garland, you know, in this film, you know, all this stuff happened to her. So she kind of like laid it all out for me. So I knew a lot about this film and I actually haven't been able to watch it since. I've watched it once in my life. You know what but would I be interesting? I think that's really important. I think that that's really cool mm. that your mum did that. Like, yeah. I mean, apart from the fact that she's like, yeah, it's a great movie, but this happened. Yeah. Um, but I think that like parents like having those conversations with their kids and not just glossing over it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know whether my mum would have necessarily known like she might have known that Julie Garland well, – that would be an interesting conversation to have with her. Mm. She might have known that um, Judy Garland was like a drug addict and an alcoholic, mm. but she might not have necessarily known the motivation behind that yeah. addiction. And so the fact that your mum had that knowledge and passed it on, I reckon that's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. And I was so young when I heard about it. So obviously I've always known who Judy Garland is. So mm. when, you know, the film came out, I really did want to see it. But, um, yeah, interesting. And even my mum doesn't watch the film in the same way that she used to mm. um, just because she knows so much about it. I but- was going to say, watching that film again um, after seeing Judy will be um, – Difficult. Well, I think what I will see is her pain Mm. because even thinking now when she sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow, she's there is such emotion in her face and I'm sure some of that is real, Mm. you know. Mm. Like it's so So going back to a star is oh sorry, I cut you off. It's so sad in the film as well. Like and I only it only just occurred to me because I was just going, Man, her most famous song is Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And they foreshadow the song throughout the film, but they never get to it. And then they get to it at the end of the film, and then she can't sing it. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, that was so sad that she didn't get to sing it. And I was like going, of course she didn't get to fucking sing it, because that's pain. What a statement. What a statement to make. It it only just occurred to me. Like I had to really like think things through to Mm. realise that's why. And then the one point in the film where she gets a bit of love and a bit of support, she gets it from the audience who sing the song for it, which didn't actually happen in real life. I know. But it was a beautiful thing seen in the film. Yeah. Two Mm. of the most... Sorry. Sorry. The audience members, I think you were going to go the same direction. I was going to say, yeah, two of the most sentimental moments in that film aren't real but it does I suppose shine a light on the fact that she has always been an icon in the um you know gay community Mm, so mm. and I feel also that she she was getting her love from the audience and that's why she was so willing to just keep going out there and and Mm. getting on stage and doing stuff because it was probably the only real love that she felt Mm. and it's not even real love because they don't actually know judy garland Mm. that moment it is sad that it's not real but there was that moment where she goes home with the two um guys and he one of them's playing on the piano and he starts crying because what a huge moment in his life to be meeting judy garland and she's she's holding him like in such a beautiful motherly way and i think you know what given the chance she was probably an amazing mum in Mm. her own way and like all parents, they do the very best they can. And even if you look at it and you go, you did a shit job, that is still the best, best job yeah. that they can possibly do. I never felt like she did a shit job. Like, no, I don't think that I she necessarily – so, um, so it was horrible that, like, she was homeless and she she just wanted to love her kids. And I don't think that she was – ever um i don't think she ever took advantage of her children um but it seems like that they performed from quite a young age as well yeah, yeah. they did but they they may have wanted to do that i, I don't, don't know. know i don't it might know have been a novelty story. to them uh, for them i'd be really interested to know what um the what the upbringing uh, what liza minnelli's upbringing was like yeah. in comparison well i know liza minnelli's had a tough life too because she recently tried to commit suicide um she's she's kind of gone down the same track as her mum she's gone down the same track as well which is quite horrid so i think that you don't ever really i don't know it's a huge massive circle isn't Mm. it really so Mm. liza would have been like maybe 23 24 when her mum died like that's pretty young mm. if i'd lost my mum at that age it's pretty devastating Yeah. yeah i think lorna and joey didn't have the same 
I, I think they grew up a, lo- a lot more well-rounded mm, mm. from what I'm – because I think they stayed with Sydney, obviously, mm. and I think he gave them the education they needed and the support they needed. And I, I don't know what Lorna's book is like, but I feel like some of it is not very nice to Judy. But I think you just – she may have done some shit things as like if you're a child and you think back to things mm. your parents did and you think, well, that was a bit shit. Mm. But you have to give them the compassion that this is, look at what she was dealing mm. with. Yeah. Like, of course she's going to make mistakes. Look at her parents and she would have done a better job than her parents mm. did. Yeah. And, oh, But the, yeah. the, the book from by Lorna Loff is called Me and My Shadows, a family mm. memoir. So if you want to find out more, you can read that one. But if we go back just a, a bit to the, uh, the 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 gay couple that uh, mm. you mentioned, because they, they they are a invention of the film, mm. but they're very important to show that you know that you know the gay community uh, are very big fans of of, of Judy Garland. Yeah, uh, and that also as well, it was uh, important in the film where one the one guy that was awake and his partner was asleep was talking about how when she was there earlier in 1964, I think it was, mm. that they didn't get to go and see the concert because he was in prison. Mm. Because being gay at the time meant that you could be arrested and imprisoned for that. And I think it's really important that in, in films that message gets out to people that, you know, that was the case. Like they, you know, what we, you know, nowadays people can get married to people mm. of the same sex and stuff mm. like that. That was not always the case. And, you know, it's important to point those things out because the world has moved on, but not all the world. I mean, there's, there's you know, in Africa and certain parts, they're stri- trying to pass laws to make it legal to kill people for being gay. So it's very important to reinforce these these kind of things. And so I was very happy that even though those guys were a fiction, they they did uh, make a point about a very poignant part in uh, you know gay and lesbian history. So mm. well said. that's still happening. Well said mm. in yeah. a lot of countries. Mm. 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 But yeah, and that's that's. Uh, I think this film it was slow paced. I'll, I'll, I'll say it was slow paced, but but I think if you, I think that's nice. I think mm. that's refreshing. And I think I was a little bit, I was really angry by the time we walked out of the movie, not at the movie, but at the situation. I was so angry that there was no one ever looking out for her. Yeah, and it made me think about, and I know we'll speak about it in future episodes because we've already recorded them. <laughs> um, people like Lindsay Lohan, like some of those child actors, like you, you drew. Barrymore's like how like they were flung into the spotlight and they were good at what they did there's no denying that but it there was something lacking that made them and maybe it was just the accessibility to drugs and that kind of thing but in Judy's case she was flung into this drug addiction I don't think by choice and it's just heartbreaking. I remember, I think your mum talked about Audrey Hepburn. She was always so thin because I think she had, I can't remember what her upbringing was, but she, she was a um, a victim of the, the... It was during the war. Yeah, she was because she was Polish, wasn't she? Yeah, and they basically were starved um, and there was barely any food. So mm. she never properly... Um, formed mm. and then she stayed thin her whole life just because the, she... I think it had. I think, to, it, I think it was medical digestive yeah, issues. It was medical in the end because yeah. basically she got wrecked through the wall because of the starvation and everything. Mm. So, so, but it, it's. I just feel like though that whole thing and that body image thing of everyone having to be a certain size, a certain mm. hairstyle, a certain you know, do your makeup this way. Wear fucking makeup. Mm. that just like i mean i appreciate like someone just going oh i'm gonna dress up a little bit i'm gonna wear makeup but women who feel like they can't step out of the house Mm. without be seen by other people without wearing makeup Mm. that's just no 
oh, I thought you were going to say something that I was going to say. No, don't no, say that. That uh, like marvelous Miss Maisel, if you've seen that, like when she was married to her husband, she would uh, you know they go to bed and then she'd get out of bed and then she'd go and put on all this cold cream and stuff like that mm. and then go back to bed and then wake up before her husband and then go and clean it all off and then put on all the makeup and then go back to bed so that he could wake up. Oh my god! Thinking yeah. that like you know this is how women wake up. And this this was not like this is um, showing this is what women at the time had to do. Yeah, no, no, felt they felt, had felt to they do. had felt they had to do, which is <clears throat> ludicrous, mm. absolutely ridiculous. And I feel like there's there's part of the world that has risen above that, um, where you know the, you've got famous people like Lizzo. Um, you know who Lizzo is? Yeah, no, no. okay, <laughs> sorry, um, she's epic anyway you've got a there's a lot more um well and then there's shrill which is a great tv series which is based on um i want to say Lindsay, but it's i think linda i, I can't remember because my memory's shit but anyway there's a, little, a lot more body positivity going around but there's yeah. also a lot of instagram mm. people and the amount of like I, sometimes i go online because i'm not very good at doing my makeup because i don't do it very often and if I could, I would prefer to just never wear makeup, but I realize that at work everyone wears makeup, so that's what they do. But I don't put much on. And then I'm like, uh, maybe I'll just go online and see, you know, a simple tutorial, simple natural makeup. And then it's not simple at all. It's because like all the contouring and all the like When did crazy. this all happening? You've got to have like five different like foundation colors and then you've got to dot them in specific places so that you get all the contouring. And then... What is also slightly upsetting is a lot of African-American women are doing this kind of contouring to their nose where they're make, trying to make it really look skinny. And wow. and um, there's a lot of videos of Asian women doing the same oh. thing as well. Oh, yeah. That where is cr- it's really creepy what people can do with makeup mm. to and it change their entire appearance. Like that they are basically removing themselves from who they are by putting this makeup on. There's like a... I, I know I mentioned Cardi B before, but you can see it's almost evident, like the makeup that they put on, they put this really mm-hmm. light stuff on their nose and then all this contouring around it to make it their nose, which is naturally as it should be, um, maybe a bit thicker or whatever, and yeah. that they've made it this really skinny nose, which is completely unnatural for her face. It's, it's just so upsetting. Oh, so Cardi B on the when we were waiting for um, she was the really um, the one that just did not look real. Yeah, so we went yeah. to the um, the screening of Hustlers. Hustlers. Yep. And we were just like, wow, she looks really photoshopped. But it was obviously that they, makeup yeah, was really all... full on. What and... annoys me though is that the media yeah. pay attention to women. Oh. You know, Miley Cyrus seen without makeup. Mm, Men mm. walk around with no makeup on Ugh. all the time. And they can wear the same shirt and pants for like 10 see, appearances in a row. But it's a big and thing. And nobody cares, but they have to wear a different dress every appearance yeah. and everything like Why that. Why does the media draw attention to women when they're, you know, oh, she looks tired and fatigued. Hang Hashtag on a minute. no makeup. She's just got no makeup on. Mm. Like, mm. you know, it's horrible. Um, the, what yeah. really alarms me is um, we have... Um, like, you know, you take photos of people mm. and you have, fo- like, people that are like, oh, no, hang on, are you going to put that on social media or are you going to put that into something? Hang on, let me fix it. Mm. What do you mean fix it? You look great. Oh, no, I need to do this, do that, do the other. And they've got these apps mm. that change them completely. And yep. I watched this amazing YouTube clip <gasps> done by... like a Filipino-looking chick? I don't know what her ethnicity was, but maybe. And um, she went through all the filters and I she watched the applied same one. all the filters. I was just like, it's just such a great way of exposing how ridiculous the lengths are that people will go to. All those and Instagram famous people. And it's not just like a stupid, people. like adding a bunny nose and ears, which some of those ones I'm just like, why people, why? (laughs) But like, you know, some of it's just good fun. But like where people specifically go into an app and take a photo of themselves and change their appearance because they're like, oh, I can see lines under my eyes and or reducing I need to the reduce nose this. Yeah, and all the, like, under the, the chin, chin smaller or yes. something. What message, though, is this sending to younger generations? That's what worries me the most. Well, hopefully everyone turns out like Greta and will be okay. 
Well, maybe, or maybe not, because I mean, I know of an 11 year old that I had to ask if it was okay. I sent a message to a mum saying, oh, is it all right if um, I use this photo because it's going to be in this publication mm. and your daughter's in it? And she sent back a message saying, um, daughter's name says, um, it's okay to use it as long as it's a good photo of me. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I, I wasn't asking the kid. I was asking the mum. <laughs> to make sure. It's crazy. But, like, even my younger cousins and things like that, like, they're 11, 10, 9. They're all, like, makeup, like, contouring, highlighting, and just fake tanning and fake nails and fake everything. And I'm like, when I was that age, I wasn't worried about any of that stuff. I, I didn't start wearing makeup until I was 18 or something. Yeah. Like, I was out with my friends, like, in the bloody bush doing <laughs> things that kids should be doing, not, exactly. like, contouring my face to make it look like... Actually, my makeup period was really short, wasn't it? I think I worked... Um, that job that I worked at um, with the entertainment thing, mm. like, that was probably the only time that I wore makeup to work. And now I'm, I, I could probably count on a hand, maybe two, the number of days I wear makeup in a year. Yeah, <laughs> which is see, awesome. I didn't used to wear makeup at my old job. Mm. And then I had Bryce and I felt like I looked tired and haggard all the time because I probably was tired and haggard. Because I always see your face and I don't, oh, maybe you're wearing makeup. <laughs> no, no, I always Most see your of the face time I see like, you, ah! I'm. Most of the time I see you, I'm not wearing makeup. Yeah. I've got a little bit of foundation on today just because I got bored. And <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try this YouTube video. Uh, well, I didn't use a video. <laughs> so it probably looks crap. But it's it's BB cream, so it's not like proper foundation stuff. It's like the sun cream tinted yeah, yeah. stuff. But, yeah, I, I've, I started wearing makeup because I thought I looked tired and haggard. And then I got into the the process of always doing that and now I go to work and I have to put makeup on every morning and bear in mind it's like foundation and lippy it's not I don't do the whole and it's just one color it's not like the 50 different (laughs) freaking things but now I feel like I'm in that process now I can't go to work without makeup on because someone will tell me you You look look tired tired. today because I did that at my old workplace I got into the habit of wearing makeup and then I went in one day with no makeup on and someone said you look tired and I said I'm not wearing any foundation that's that's all I did that to a friend of mine once I felt so bad I'd say are you feeling okay like you look really pale and (laughs) it was like microphone is there i forgot that we weren't just having a conversation all right um and i was just like you look really pale and she hadn't put on eye makeup and i guess i was just so used to seeing her and eye makeup i was like i was kicking myself i was just like just felt like such an asshole Mm. i really did i get told i'm pale at the same time (laughs) i think people respond to you differently so i tint my eyebrows i've got really pasty blonde uh, eyebrows yeah look at mine you can barely see them most of the time but mine is so blonde that like if you if i don't tint them you don't see them basically and so i started tinting them and it's one thing that i will do mm. like is I, people react differently the week that i've had them done maybe into the second week people are weirdly smilier at me and I don't think it's because I'm reacting differently to them. I think that like having eyebrows somehow changes people's opinion of you. It could be a confidence thing though. Like you might just be more confident. Nah, because even like dead tired in the morning and stuff like that, it's just like, why are you being so nice to me? But the thing is like the – the important thing is that in media, they need to start getting uh, people to be not like, um, you know, you don't you don't have women have to always wear makeup mm. and that kind of thing because if people can see themselves like as they are on screen and that sort of thing, then they'll have less impact and have to do that kind of thing. And I've always kind of wondered about this whole um, like because I'm always about like – representation people seeing representations of themselves on the screen Mm. because as long as you do that if that's an advertising if it's on the screen if people see themselves as represented then they feel normal and i didn't really like realize why i'm so passionate about this kind of representation thing but one of my um friends from school actually posted a a photograph from a year um from my year six in 1987 and I can't, can't show the girls because yeah. like, they've have got to, to see this. Play, play a game of fine Lewis. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. adorable. It's like, where's Wally? But like, how many years ago? 
uh, was 87, so I, I don't know. It was 22 like, years ago? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Wow. No, it must oh be longer. God. I'm having a tough time. It must be 32 years ago. I thought it was going to be really obvious. Yeah, so did I. And then when I saw him, I was like, oh. Because in, in the class, you'll, know, you'll, you'll notice that there's, uh, like, it's a very, very white class. But there's... I can't find there's, a little bit of diversity. There's a little bit of diversity. Is like, that him? Is that him there? Because you'll, you'll notice that there's like t- two kids with dark, darker skin. One of them's a, a guy who was Chinese and the other... I was going to say, it's definitely not him. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's that one. So is this you here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, my God. Is. We picked it, but it doesn't look anything like him. Oh, it looks so it. much like him. Only because like if you see his nephew, like you can see... Oh, you see like, His nephew's him. like a wider version. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. So maybe. even even though like I'm not the darkest person in the world, like my skin is darker than what you yeah. see on the screen generally mm-hmm. speaking and so like my whole life i was watching movies where like the, the people on screen were like you know whiter and they're mm. not really representing me but the first time i felt kind of represented was when i saw uh, dean kane as superman because he's got darker skin mm. and and it was like oh my god i'm you know i feel represented finally kind of thing and it's important. That's why you need to make sure that on screen you're seeing people who are, you know, of different cultures, mm. Chinese, Japanese, um, people who are African-American, people from actual Africa. You know, uh, if, if you see those kind of people, then people go, I, I am normal. I don't need to, you know, shape my face to make my face look more Caucasian. Mm. Mm. I don't need to do these things. I am beautiful in myself Mm. and and that is is good. I think the UK has always been a little bit better at doing that sort of stuff. I I feel like they've had a a bit more um, race diversity. Yeah, but racism is rampant. Mm. Oh, I'm sure sure it is. I'm sure it is. But... I mean, for myself, I've only just sort of started seeing myself on TV in the last five years. And when I say that, I mean people who are bigger. Like, I am not represented anywhere Mm. until recently. And that's why I like the TV show Shrill. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. It's just like... it's so important to have... Like, because the people that you watch on TV are your peers Mm. in some way mm. uh, i know they're not your peers and like the people that you hang out with but, but you do look that up to you people you relate like to yeah. yeah and so it's just amazing like not having that degree of diversity out there and the 90s were really bad for mm-hmm. super yeah. skinny people like i think about the the um ally mcbeal thing you know no. Portia de rossi got down to like 30 or 40 kilograms or something it was ridiculous she was eating 300 calories a day that's disgusting i read her book it was heartbreaking and she said you know everybody else started getting skinny so i you know started getting skinny and it was just so sad so i just remember being in high school and all of the girls even people who are really skinny were so obsessed with like they'd get their fingers and they'd grab their stomach and it was like this tiny little roll of fat that's supposed to be there to protect you mm. and like it's like, what are, nourish you what mm. are you talking about i would get so angry but i'm like i, I you can't help what the media is feeding everybody mm. it was feeding them the same stuff that it was feeding me which was so you're not okay unless mm. you're skinny mm. and so all of these girls who were skinny didn't feel skinny yeah so that's, yeah that's, that's ridiculous but i think that the great thing out of the porsche de rossi story is what? It's, it's like- the same fucking volume. <laughs> the great thing out of the Portia de Rossi story mm. is that she found someone that just like nourished her with mm. love and she's such a different person now. Mm. Like it's just amazing to see the difference. And I think that's really important is like you got someone that nourishes you with love. It's going to make a huge difference. And why didn't Judy get I that? I know. I yeah. know. It makes me so sad. Just, just Don't feel stomach. like anyone was there for her, do you? No. I think like, you know, her daughter probably loved her. You know, Liza probably loved her. But, you know, she was off forming her own career. I think the kids loved her, but they were... They were kids. Mm. Mm. And, and they just, you can't ask someone that young to take on the responsibility of, of an adult. She had so much pain. I, I think based, I think, I feel like this this movie is based on Lorna's book. No, is it? No, it's no? Not. what no. is it based on? Uh, it's based on another another book, but not Lorna's book. Oh, okay. Is it based Isn't on it half based on the stage play? Yes, I think it is, yeah. Which um, was based on a 
book and that I know that that book used some of that stuff she started writing as her own autobiography and put it into his book right okay um yeah Hollywood versus history really good website (laughs) no joke uh no it was it was based on a playwright Peter Quill uh Quilters 2005 musical stage production End of the Rainbow, which played at the London West End mm. and ended up on Broadway. Don't you love how I said, let's do a quick spoiler episode, maybe 30 minutes, and we're heading I was, to the 60 minute. I was mark. laughing at about the 45 minute mark. I was just like going, wow. We've like, covered we've some really yeah. freaking awesome tangents, though. Yeah, but I think points. that. The, the moral of the story is love, love yourself. Your oh, okay. <laughs> love your kids and love yourself. No, love yourself. Yeah, but like just love people. But love. It's like you're okay. Like you're, you're good unless you're killing people or doing something weird like that. But like you're good and like no matter how you look, you're pretty in your own way and you don't have to conform to all that bullshit. And yeah. you certainly don't need to like just – Eat freaking speed tablets instead of food. And you know what? What people love you for is your personality. Mm. None of my friends are like, oh, I like Rachel, but I wish that she wasn't fat. I don't like looking at her like that. I think most people are like, yeah, I really fucking love Rachel because she's fucking awesome. Mm. And this is a realisation I've only just got to in my no 30s. Way. Oh, my God. I could have told you that years ago. I know. Oh, my gosh. My friends love me because I'm fucking awesome, not because, yeah. like, of any other reason. No, exactly. And I've literally only had this realisation in the last couple of months. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I know. That is heartbreaking too. That's so, therapy, guys. Everyone should therapy. do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and clearly Judy <laughs> should have done a bit of that as well. Can we just talk just to end on like maybe a slightly a, a higher note, a nicer? No, 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 because no, no, because that is a fucking awesome note to yeah. maybe have Love left that. it on. But um, along those lines, eat fucking cake. Like Lewis said, <laughs> cake's pretty there was, good. There was no better moment in that movie. Where, she, like, you've got Judy looking so genuinely happy mm. as, like, because, I mean, when she was performing, I think she was happy, but she was happy in a different way. Mm. Like, yeah. In a, like, she just looked like she just had a piece of cake and it was such a tense moment because you, you hadn't seen her eat through the whole movie yeah. apart yeah. from taking a And the two bite people she was with probably never saw her eat. No. And they were kind of like looking at her in a way like, oh, you know, what should I we, hope what, she's going to eat. Do? And like you almost for a moment you think she's not going to. Mm. Yeah. And then she takes that bite and you see it on her face and she's like, this is so good or it's, this is some this good This tastes cake. delicious yeah, or something, or something, like, something that. like that. I and know we've so hit 60 perfect. minutes, but can we just briefly mention mm. – um, how amazing Renee Zellweger is. Yes. From the side profile, she looks exactly like Judy. It's insane. <gasps> Did you forget to plug it back? Crisis averted. Man, that was a tense moment. <laughs> just it there. was a tense moment. It was tense, just like Judy in the movie. <laughs> but no. Oh, that your breathing got really Ooh. spiky. I felt like there was no <laughs> wasted moment in this movie, though. I felt like everything that was there had mm. to be there. And although it's not a chronological thing where you see her life played out from you know Mm. birth to death it does show you her life in the later years and it does give you just enough uh to to take a look at her life before she got to where she was do you know what really frustrated me was that i felt like the scene with um uh, who's the producer dude oh louis b mayer louis b mayer um i felt like that was a little bit too innuendo i think that that could have been a little bit more well, I suppose the thing is, I got it. I, I mean, I got. I thought I got it, but I had to say to Lou, was that the insinuation that, like, you know, that I think she was sexually abused during the movie? I don't know that she was. Um, wasn't I, she asked by someone? I don't to have think. Sex. Yeah, not yeah, the Wizard of Oz, producer. but a oh, okay. different film mm. to have sex. And then, obviously, on the Wizard of Oz, there's mentioned that the people used to try and touch her under the skirt and things like that. Mm. So, so I think oh. the thing that I what got from that scene yeah. was, I, I mean, Cecilia and I could barely look at the screen. Oh we yeah, both, we kind of we, looked at each other, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we were so creeped out. Yeah. And it's not just the hand on the heart thing. The first moment, right in the first couple of minutes where he puts his hand yeah. on her shoulder. And, I mean, that guy needs an Oscar because he sold the creepiness really strongly oh, and yeah. I felt creeped out from the second he touched her. Mm. 
and got close to her and I'm just like Oh no! But it was that taking her and putting her into an isolated situation oh, as well. God, so that was horrendous. That, or the little fake barn or whatever it was, yeah. and he shuts the door. door. And I was just like, "Oh, where is this going?" And when it went to that far, I was just like, "Going." I don't know uh, that it got any further than that, though. Oh, okay. But I don't. I don't know it's because still on, only Judy knows. Oh yeah, definitely inappropriate. Yeah. But only Judy knows the the truth. Mm. Mm. Is that is that called gaslighting? The thing he was doing. Yes. Where- he was like, you know, putting her down because like he was like, no, gaslighting's more like, um, oh no, that's not what happened. You're just imagining it. Oh, okay. so I think it's a combination comes- of two. It's more like coercive control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and also he was definitely negging her though because he mm. was like saying how she was, you know, not good looking mm. and, and she's got terrible and teeth. Kind of, and and it was, the only thing you've got is your voice, kind of thing. Yeah, it was just such a horrible thing to do to a, a, anyone. That poor like, woman. Just, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think that's what you come out with out of this film is just like you know just how sad her life was, and it's just yeah, it, it's gonna make as 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 we said many times during this podcast, it's going to make watching The Wizard of Oz very difficult. And I think it's kind of apt that we've barely talked about um, talked about uh, Renee Zellweger because she really does embody Judy in this yeah, film. Yeah, her mannerisms, mm. the way she speaks, the physicality. The way she sings. Yeah, very good job. Everything. Yeah. So, yeah, and also stunning. I think um, Liza Minnelli and a couple of other people who were close to Judy uh, weren't a fan of this film or idea at all. And I know Renee tried to approach some Liza people. Minnelli, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she didn't get anything. So she had to rely on old interviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, oh, wow. That's to, really to sad. To pull it together. So. But understandable. I mean, it's dredging up stuff from your past that, mm. you know, either you've buried or that you've moved. Yeah, you know, work through and move past. Yeah, and ultimately, not that's not Judy Garland to her. That's her mum. Yeah, that's true. And do I really want to have to relive everything, all of that pain? Mm. So that's yeah. Do you do you think that Renee Zellweger is going to be up for the Oscar? For oh this? Yeah. yeah, I hope so. Yeah. yeah, it's a hell of a performance. Really, it really is. is. You know what gets me? Like when when she was in Chicago, I was like, wow, she can sing. Yeah. And then she does nothing with it, nothing with it, nothing. And then she sings like Judy Garland. It's like, where are you hiding this talent? She's never hidden it. In Empire Records she sings and it's like freaking amazing. You've Mm. seen that movie, right? Yeah, but I don't. She sings mm. at the end. Yeah, that's true. And I, I feel like, like it's one of those, you know what, I feel like she's a quiet achiever. Mm. Like she has done a lot of big films and stuff, but I feel like I don't hear much from her otherwise. But maybe she kind just of, works when she Yeah, she just chooses. does the work and then she mm. pulls away. Maybe she's, she's got a life. I know, she's the kind of actress that I want to see where, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just appreciating her for her art instead of like, I know everything about her life because I know nothing about her she's life. She's quite reserved when she does have interviews as well. I don't know if you uh-huh. guys have noticed that, but yeah. she's very soft-spoken, huh. very like, oh, yeah. So I think she just doesn't like that whole limelight Do you, thing. Be, do you remember she's a few years ago, though, because she'd been out of the limelight for a long time. Yeah, the face. And then she came back and her face had completely changed. Mm. Oops. I don't know. It's hard she to did. say. She got Age a whole bunch and, of Botox and, uh, and um, fillers and a whole lot of, stuff done to her face and I think when you do that the first like few weeks you look slightly different Ah. and then it settles down but she didn't look like anything like Renee Zellweger in this film though Mm. she didn't look like you've ever seen her she did have some of her mouth mannerisms Mm. that I think she just couldn't get away from but um generally speaking yeah it was Judy all the way the eyebrows and the eyes because obviously she's got the contacts Mm. in I think we've talked enough, guys. It was good. <laughs> Great performance. It was phenomenal performance. Phenomenal, yeah. Amazing. Wrap us up and tie us in a bow. Okay. Uh, we're off to go. Uh, you've been listening to Tangent City. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, do all those things that people ask you to do. Uh, we're not begging you, but we are asking you nicely. Um, and we are sort of begging you. No, no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, you can also listen to Unscripted, uh, Wozcast, Diz Down Under. We're on the socials. Do all the stuff you normally do when you listen to a podcast. You know what to do. If you don't by now, gee. How did you nice. find us? <laughs> Bye. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.